Well, hello, shippers. Following our Emma episode, we want to continue on in the world of Austin.、Mm-hmm. Today, we're talking Anne and Wentworth from Persuasion. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. Hi, everyone. I'm Devin, and I'm Steph, and welcome to the We Ship It podcast, Austin style. Yep, of course. When we when we saw a new version of Persuasion come out on Netflix, and it quite crept up on us, might I add, we knew we had to chat about it. <laughs> Following our Emma episode, we thought it would be cool to talk Anne and Wentworth. And today we are joined by the very special. <laughs> the book was better. Podcast Kaylee and Taylor. Hello. Hey, ladies, what's up? <laughs> Hello. We've, we've been around these parts before.、Uh-huh. <laughs> They are regulars on the podcast.、Um, <laughs> so, welcome to the show.、Um, we, Steph and I, actually, when I visited sometime this summer, we watched it and we did like、um, Insta, not. Like live chat, but Insta, like, like live、story. tweeting, Instagram live, version. Live story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we did that while we watched it. So you guys got to see some of our reactions.、Um, but today we're going to talk more about the couple, less about the book, or not less about the movie. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> And、um, yeah. So everyone, go check out、um, the Book Was Better podcast because you should also be following them. On their journey. We will be talking about the per- new Persuasion movie versus the book. Yes. With, awesome. And you guys will be on our episode talking about that. Yes. So, so similar to how <laughs> we piggybacked off of their. Percy、um, and Annabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Percy and Annabeth, they're, they're piggybacking off of our.、Um, not necessarily piggybacking, but we, the, obviously that we, share, we share the same. Content topics, right?、Sort、Books、of. and movies. And <laughs> yes. So、yeah. there's a little bit of overlap. And it's always good when we can share our overlapping with each other. So <laughs> beautiful. All right. Thank you, ladies, for joining. We love you, gals. For this week,、mm-hmm. I wanted to be the one to ask our opening question,、oh、which I don't think anyone prepared you for. So, what are you thankful for this week? Oh. <laughs> no, I was not prepared. <laughs> I thought to myself, I was like, I wonder if Devin said this. Because it's a new thing we started doing. That's very sweet. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry. As she's petrified to answer. <laughs> You'd think it'd be something I'd be like, oh, yeah, I can answer this quickly. And then、yeah. my brain just like dies. t o t a l l y short circuits. And I'm like, oh, what? What do I even have?、Um, <laughs> cannot compute. k a y l e e you can go first. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thankful for a lot of things.、Uh, today, I'll say I'm thankful for modern medicine that I wish、Beautiful. I could take more of, except that I'm pregnant.、So. <laughs> but, like, migraines are killer. And, man,、Aww. the fact that there's all sorts of medicine now that you can take that normally makes them go away. It's great. <laughs>、oh, that's beautiful. Unfortunate. I'm thankful for pumpkin spice lattes. Oh my oh, gosh. There you go. Yeah, I'm just thankful that pumpkin anything's back. How about that? Is that lame?、Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I made a pumpkin bread yesterday, and I pretty Ooh, much have eaten、yeah. the whole thing since I've made it. So. 
definitely thankful wow. for a pumpkin. Taylor, mm. Devin, duke it out. <laughs> um, I am thankful for um, my sweet little puppy dog. Because uh. he just, you know, whenever I'm having a bad day, he is just the best little snuggle buddy. And his Aww. fluffy little dandelion head. I just look at it and it makes me happy. What kind of dog? <laughs> he's a Shih Tzu, but he's a straight-haired Shih Tzu, and oh so yeah, his like hair, the fur on his face just like sticks straight out in a circle, and it's he, it's like white and like a little like bit a of black, so he looks like a, a dandelion, and so it's super cute. That is so cute. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Devin. Um, I'm thankful for days off. Today, I had a day <laughs> Shout off. Shout out. Um, holidays. School. <laughs> so, yeah, holidays, days off. Let's rule. All right. Yeah. Cool. Good Thanks. Stuff. Good job, guys. We made it through. <laughs> like, All right. Very easily been included in our list of questions ahead of time. It could have. It <laughs> Next time, I will Devin. make sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So let's dive but in. But then it wouldn't have been authentic. So Yeah. Off the cuff. <laughs> All right. Let's dive in. So I want to start off with our spoiler alert, because on this show, we do spoiler. not shy away from spoilers. Um, so here's our summary, which I found harder to write than previous ones because a lot of this takes place in Anne's mind. <laughs> so a lot of the plot is just a back and forth, um, which is kind of what Jane Austen does a lot of the time. So for our summary today, we meet Anne Elliot as a quiet wallflower type heroine. Um, she's gone through a lot in her life. She has a very dramatic family. Her father is like one of the most hilarious and annoying characters that I think Austen has written. Um, so he... He, him and her sisters kind of are these like overdramatic, larger than life characters. And she's sort of more of a wallflower. Um, over time, when she was 19, she was persuaded not to marry the love of her life, Captain Wentworth, uh, because he did not have a fortune and he was a sailor. So he was out and about all the time. Um, she took the advice of, I think it was Lady Russell um, in -hmm. this maneuver and decided not to marry him. Over time, though, her love never went away, and she just kind of keeps it to herself, but it's, like, really painful for her. We meet her again when her family has to move because they're, like, in debt or something, <laughs> which is hilarious. Because um, her, and yeah, her dad doesn't know how to stop his lavish spending He's habits. terrible. Right. <laughs> I just, literally. I like when they have, like, the meetings, and he's like, well, I can't. I can't, I can't get rid of it. That, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> literally i relate a little bit um <laughs> but anyway uh so they have to move and eventually she like is reintroduced to captain wentworth and it's all these back and forths of them not being able to really talk seeing each other in like different rooms at dinners at things like this um and she wonders what he thinks about her the entire time eventually wentworth kind of shows a little love interest in louisa Anne's cousin it's her cousin is that right Think so. We're gonna go with cousin, maybe, maybe some family relative that he is sort Louisa of. Mu- uh, no, she, the Musgroves, no, they're not related. No, it's I, it, Louisa's the sister of her sister-in-law, I think. Louisa yes. Musgrove, it's Louisa Musgrove. She's not a, she's not related to Anne Elliot in any way. How? How I are they in-laws? I think they are. 
Because it's like her well, sister's husband's sister. I mean. Like it's blood not relation. blood relation. Yeah. Yeah. There's she, a like, relation. Grew up yeah. Seeing all the time, it was like right. no, no, no. They yeah. they get connected because she visits her of sister. Her sister, who's that's married what it is. now to this person. Who yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who that's their sister. Right. Yes. <laughs> Very complex family dynamics in this story. But okay, so and then Anne is pursued by William Elliot, who turns out being not so great. Um, and she soon realizes it's not for the right and reason. And her cousin, so no big deal. Also her cousin. So at this point, they are <laughs> in, cousins. In you. Jane Austen time, that was... Right, it's fine. It's it's yes. You know, five or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, but anyway, after all of this occurs, Wentworth finally admits his feelings in a letter to her. And it's a great letter, might I add. And the two end up mm-hmm. finally together. Yay! Um, so that's my summary, but there's a whole lot missing from that because a lot of Anne, a lot of what goes on in the story is Anne's thoughts about her like desperate, basically desperation of wanting to be with him and regret in like denying him and all of these things. So we're going to talk more about that throughout our questions. Mm-hmm. So our first question here is Jane Austen described her heroine in a letter to her niece, Fanny Knight. You may perhaps like the heroine as she is almost too good for me. Do you all agree? Well, I think... Do do I agree that she's too good for Jane Austen? Or do I agree that she is a character? (laughs) Or as as a heroine is like too good for the world? (laughs) Yes. Like maybe discuss her character in general, I think. Because Anne does have a solid character. But I want to hear what you guys think about this. So... This is one of my favorite things about Jane Austen in general is, and if you only watched her film adaptations of her work and haven't actually read her books, you might not have known this, but she does not just write direct copies of the same heroine over and over again. Praise God. She's really good (laughs) at writing strong female characters that have different strengths and weaknesses Mm. because... Mm -hmm. In the world, you're not going to have or see just one, quote unquote, like, ah, oh, that's the ideal strong woman. Like, no, there's not just one ideal. Like, everybody's <laughs> got strengths and weaknesses and they can all accomplish great things. Right. And right. she does that really well with her heroines. And I think Anne very specifically, her strengths are ones that I think a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, because she is so level headed and she is so mild mannered in some ways, but that doesn't undercut her intelligence level or Mm -hmm. how clever she is. But she doesn't let that intelligence and that cleverness like always come out as like sharp. Like she's not Elizabeth Bennett, like who doesn't (laughs) always think completely before she speaks. Right. Like She's um, not one to make herself bold. And like both smart, both smart. One thinks a little mm-hmm. bit more before they like decide to say anything. So Anne doesn't find herself in you know as big of a pickle usually because she's more thoughtful about yep. what she says when she says it. Um, Almost too too thoughtful sometimes. I think sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is. She's really level headed. She doesn't have these random outbursts in moments in the book that everyone else is kind of like oh my gosh what just happened she's able to organize everybody 
and yep. think clearly and which, process yeah a lot of people struggle with that right like it's hard and so yeah you can be a fantastic person you can be really smart and really strong in a lot of ways and then something chaotic gets thrown at you and like all of that goes out the window right so mm-hmm. um her strengths are less flashy but I think really, really important strengths that a lot of people would usually mm-hmm. consider to be a weakness of theirs, which makes her too good, I guess, yeah. for some people in, <laughs> in, in Jane's words. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that she's a refreshing heroine, especially like, obviously, I don't know when this book came out, but just thinking of books 18, 18. nowadays. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> it's in a tune. <laughs> it was her last. Anyways. It was the last book that Jane Austen finished before she died. So, anyways, that's not the point of what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm just saying, in the time when it came out, maybe this was not the case, but in today's day, I feel like a lot of the books and movies and uh just heroine characters that we see are maybe a bit more on the elizabeth bennett side where they're bold and rash and like Mm -hmm. you know they're like boss babes and all the whatever you want to say but like that's kind of what original boss babe (laughs) 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 but that's kind of what's big nowadays is this idea of like you can't be gentle or you can't be like super feminine or kind or soft hearted because that's not going to get you anywhere in life and that's boring or whatever it may be. And so reading this, especially with a lot of the other books that I've been reading lately that are a bit newer, it was nice having a character that I could relate to a little bit more because I am definitely more (laughs) soft-hearted and i hate i hate confrontation and i like you know hate all of that yeah kaylee's nodding (laughs) 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 um so yeah it was it was refreshing to have a character that not that i like could aspire to be like oh if only i could be as crazy as this and as bold as this but someone i could genuinely relate to and be like yeah i get that (laughs) yep yeah Anne is definitely a relatable Austin heroine. Like, sometimes I kind of wish that I was like Elizabeth, and there are ways that I feel like maybe I relate to her. But honestly, if given, like, the scenario that Anne was put into and the advice she was given, I probably would have chosen something similar, especially at age 19. Um, Especially in the early 1800s. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So definitely relatable is something that I would say... Uh, but not just relatable. I think she's also not in that choice, but in the way that she composes herself after she makes that choice, I think she is not just relatable only, but also um, someone that I do admire in how much she she thinks. Because I think you're right, Kaylee. She is really a thoughtful person, more so than the people that Jane Austen really contrasts her to in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, which I think actually in the time was something that really needed to be commented on was, you know, the women that feign, like, fainting 
And and she's yeah. just like, okay, that's ridiculous. Like, and the one woman who's never <laughs> with her kids, and she's like, okay, you need to be with your kids. Like, whatever. You like, remember? Hi, I think it's her sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think all of I think Anne really teaches that time period. Okay, you don't have to be this stereotypical type of woman. You can be thoughtful, and I, I just I like her character a lot. Devin. I agree. Um, I don't necessarily have anything major to add, um, but Anne is noted that she um, is not necessarily the most beautiful individual, but it's her characteristics that make her a beautiful person. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's important to note that it is her heart of gold that kind of makes her stand out amongst the crowd that that share a much more um, physical appearance of beauty. Um, So... We'll move on from there. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, do you think it wrong of Anne to throw her future away with Went- Wentworth and her love because of Lady Russell's opinion? Oh, it's so hard. I mean, I, so I think hindsight <laughs> is twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think her family was necessarily wrong to be concerned because she was young and he was relatively young didn't have much to his name didn't really so i i don't think they were there was they were wrong necessarily to be concerned with like how are you going to provide for yourselves and for a family like how right how will that work um especially again looking at it through the lens of early 1800s where and someone of her class, too. It was really, really frowned upon to not marry within your class, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you married up, fantastic. But if you married down, like, uh, you are throwing your life away. Like, that was a, a common thought process. Right. Um, and again, with her being 19 <laughs> and young, and it, it, and it, I know we attribute, like, the final persuasion to come down to Lady Russell, but it's not just Lady Russell that voices concern. It is her dad. It is her sister. And mm-hmm. I think it's also important to note that while Anne's mom has passed away, Lady Russell has essentially stepped into that role in Anne's mind. So it's essentially Absolutely. like your mom being like, I'm really worried about you and I don't think this is the right move kind of thing. Like that would have heavy, heavy sway. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so especially looking through the lens like i think now yeah that would be the wrong move and that'd be really stupid to not marry the person you loved just because your family was concerned that they wouldn't make enough money right but in a different time period a little bit more of a valid concern Mm mm-hmm so i'd agree i understand her fears Mm -hmm. of becoming a navy man's wife um this decision would have changed her life drastically. And um, Lady Russell kind of says the right words to convince her to throw it all away. And I think Anne had some, if she had someone in her corner and supported her through this decision, she would have followed through, but because she put so much favor and trust in Russell mm-hmm. um, and her opinion and all that, she kind of concedes to the, to what she desires. Um, she doesn't have anyone pushing her to choose for herself rather than for society reasons. 
Which, and again, yeah. I, I think isn't surprising for that time. Like, I think it would have been Absolutely. really hard for anybody to have been in her corner, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I I don't know if she was wrong. I just, like I said, I would have made the same choice. So it's it's understandable. She w- And we keep attributing it to, she's young, she's being told this, that her mom would have supported her not doing that like it that's a lot of pressure to put on someone who's that age and do we know necessarily i don't remember if this was ever talked about in the book that she knew she was declining him for good like is it possible that she was just saying Uh, not right now i don't actually know know. if it's ever i think think he just runs away like he just goes off well because he's going to war i think it's right there's n- there's never really any closure. It's it's a I think it's a even if it's not a hard statement, I think it's pretty heavily understood. Right. Like, because I am a navy officer and I'm going to be expected to go fight in these battles and things. If right. we don't get married mm-hmm. now, there's a good chance it's not happening. Happen. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I just I might I like go and of, die. <laughs> I like sort of wish that we got more detail on what happened when she was 19 because it just I don't know, like, how long they were together before this happened. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of unknowns. A lot of backstory. Mm -hmm. It's like... Because it's not the priority. It's not the primary story that's being told. The story that is being told is seven years later. But it's a big part of the story. (laughs) Like, my thoughts on the stuff that happens later is it's like, yeah, how close were they? I mean, because, like, back then, it's not like you dated for a super long time before you got engaged. Um, like, the courting seasons were much shorter. And right. so, I'm like, how close were they actually? Because, like, I doubt she talked to him at all about these concerns and these fears. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which, in a relationship nowadays, you'd be like, you got to talk about that together. Like, work through these right. things. But back then, she probably didn't even mention it. And so, for right. him, it was just a rejection. Just like a, no, flat out. <laughs> like, well, also. No explanation. Like, I understand why Austin didn't include more of it, just because it wasn't super relevant to the story she was telling. But in my head, I'm like, it's relevant to whether or not I respect Lady Russell's opinion of, Mm -hmm. like, her perspective. Because it really depends, like, what what the situation was in that time for me to make any sort of judgment on Lady Russell's final say. Is this a... Spring fling that they were they didn't right. think was gonna pan out and then suddenly she's like I want to marry him and she's like no you've known him a month <laughs> right he's not gonna make any money you're not doing this right but also they didn't court for super long back then I know so I don't know anyway. <laughs> it's true it's a fair point to the bring season up season in London you'd be expected yeah it was to very short meet someone make a proposal and get married all within like three months okay right <laughs> yeah. I think it's also pretty clear that part of it Lord was his lack us. of fortune <laughs> like it wasn't just the quickness of it it was also his lack of fortune yeah, fairly yeah. Mm-hmm. so that, oh, that's, that was, I guess that was the only concern from the family perspective was they, his they fortune didn't even, they don't mention anything about his character they could care less about that all they cared right. about was was that money he's born lower he's beneath you with you know where he was mm. born and he has no title he has no anything to his name like there's a chance he could make a name for himself which he does which is why i was like hindsight in hindsight they're probably like dang well we could have just let that happen because he ended up right being fine. But like, <laughs> uh, 
That's great. All right, moving on. So how do you think Anne's character has been shaped by her broken relationship with Captain Wentworth? I'm sure she was very hesitant to re-enter any kind of courting situation. I mean, like, that would be so heartbreaking to, like, fall in love with someone and then have to say no. And then to try to move. Yeah, to try to move on from that would be really hard. Like, you'd probably be second-guessing yourself, like, constantly. And so I think that with Anne, it it was. she. You can tell she just had too much to deal with to even consider, like, having anything with another suitor. And I'm sure if there was another suitor, she was really just second guessing everything within that and being like how much money does he make what my family approve blah, blah, blah. i don't want to get too invested <laughs> i want to like, put it so much as second guessing mm-hmm. and put it more in the sense of seven years later and still loves wentworth mm, so i don't think it was so much a second guessing as it was probably a every suitor after that inevitably was Kinda compared to this to person. yeah that they would that's never fair. live that's up fair. to. <laughs> like, so I think. I also wonder if she puts him on a pedestal in her head. Probably as she's preparing. Because after seven years, <laughs> you would you would not remember that fully. You would have yeah. twisted those memories so much. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially depending on how much time they actually had together. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> back to that question. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, but I think she's much more sheltered and doesn't think of herself in a positive manner after the fallout of her relationship. Mm. Um, Her father loses faith in her because he's too vain to care and she's become forgotten in the sense and therefore viewed as that wallflower, right? Mm -hmm. She just is on the outskirts of everyone's thoughts and just... Well, she's just not taken seriously. Right. right, She's she's too kind, too too quiet-mannered to really, like make Make a fuss so she just (laughs) right yeah so she kind of just is on the outskirts of all the decisions that are made and um yeah i think she just doesn't believe in herself fully she gets there but it takes a while yeah eventually (laughs) it takes seven years (laughs) she realized yeah she realizes that her voice does have power and that she needs to speak up for herself and in regards to how she feels especially with wentworth Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a confidence thing. We see her wavering in confidence, and then eventually mm-hmm. she regains it so fully. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I feel like she's also unique compared to other Austin characters. I mean, especially the heroines. Like, if you look at Emma, confidence is not the issue she's dealing with. <laughs> she is not lacking there. <laughs> Definitely not. I also think Elizabeth isn't lacking in confidence. So no. I, I think it's a unique struggle to Anne here. Um, which is interesting to follow. But, yeah. It, I think it, it makes sense that, I mean, in a lot of ways, I feel like Anne's character is partially shaped, right, by by that heartbreak, but also shaped by the fact that she's being written by a much older Jane Austen. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, this is the last book. I mean, there's some question about whether it was this one or Northern Grabby, but they were like mm-hmm. both published around the same time, like right around when Jane Austen died. Um, but 
Jane Austen wrote this one when she was like close to 40, you know, so she wasn't much more mature in her 20s anymore, like when she was writing her first novels. So, yeah, and I think Anne is a more mature character in general. Definitely. Definitely. And that just comes from being written through the eyes of a more mature Jane. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so. And I think. Cool. I don't know. You can get you can see some of that maturity and also maybe some regret and things of Jane Austen's come through in Anne's character. Yep. Mm -hmm. For sure. Sorry, I'm obsessed All right. with Jane Austen. <laughs> Love her. <laughs> it's okay. Let it What's out. What's that Jane Austen movie with Anne Hathaway? Becoming Jane. Okay. Becoming like, Jane. Have, have you watched it, Kaylee? Yes. <laughs> Do you of like course, it? Yes. <laughs> now, is it accurate to her life? I don't know if anyone knows the answer to that. But is that story with um, it's the guy? It's romanticized a little bit. Okay, I was going to say, because it's kind of similar. I mean, she rejects that guy. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah, because Jane Austen died single, never having been married. Yeah. Right. Not that she huh. didn't have Which is opportunities like, to. So sad when you like, look at all did, the books yeah, that Jane she Austen wrote. went through this exact thing where she, not exact, but where she said yes to a guy and then broke it off. Like, not this necessarily was her because her family discouraged it, but I still right. wonder. If, you know, when she's now near 40, still single, hasn't had a family of her own, hasn't, like, if that's maybe still reflected a little bit. Literally writes romance novels. Well, and literally, (laughs) her final story is fixing one of the things that she did. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She said no. (laughs) Makes it so sad. (laughs) She she second-guessed herself, right? Said yes at first and then broke it off to never have, like, that second chance. And so she writes a book where there's second chances like wow yeah i'm reading into it but (laughs) (laughs) all right so what are the results of now is it eight or seven years you guys were saying seven seven, but i thought it was eight okay what are the results of seven years of waiting for Anne and seven years of waiting for wentworth i think we kind of already mentioned a little bit for Anne how she might have like idolized him a little bit Um, yep Mm -hmm put him on a pedestal uh and then like yeah have been comparing so many men to him over the years that uh, clearly she's thinking about him all the time so yep well i also think there's there's definite comparison to in neither of them marry right mm-hmm. like they both go That's 7 fair. years without marrying and especially for a young woman at that time that's crazy right like 27 and unmarried you're essentially an old maid like <laughs> um, which is crazy i know i just think of in pride and prejudice when elizabeth is like you're seriously considering marrying that fool right and to when um you know oh good old mr collins um <laughs> but and and her friend is like i'm 27 years old like I, I can't need be somebody about my suitors here. Like, <laughs> Charlotte Lucas. And I'm like, good old Charlotte. She's all like, listen, I just quarantine him out to the garden and then I get a house to myself. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure what give her credit for. Uh, Amazing. Like, this is my room. He's not allowed in here. I yeah. hang out in here all the time. <laughs> but like seven years to be 27 and unmarried, we see 
a lot of it really her life has kind of just remained pretty stagnant um she's had to overcome probably a lot of internal battles and i definitely would say we do see that character growth in her still over those seven years but for the most part her life has stayed pretty stagnant whereas mm-hmm. wentworth well he also doesn't go off and get married has accomplished things right like, yeah he's turned it around and now he's a respectable you know man in society kind of thing like it's it's interesting what that break does to both of those characters because mm-hmm. they don't follow the same path definitely not. well i wonder though with wentworth like if there was a part of him that knew that uh, like why Anne broke it off and like why her family maybe wouldn't have approved oh, of course he knew. and there was a part of that was <laughs> like and that's what drove him to go and be like i need to make something of myself like i need to prove them wrong right i need to like go a little bit of a life. Arc. <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I I think it shows a true de- like strength and devotion to the to their idea of what true love is because they don't get married all this time. Like we're saying, like I don't know if they're holding out hope or like what it is that's going on in their lives during this time, but to me if she's saying no to other men because they don't stand up to Wentworth, that's a pretty strong position to be in. Like other characters like Charlotte Lucas are just taking whoever comes up to him so i i feel like that's that's a i'm so sorry charlotte i Again, love you. charlotte lucas was we we learn clever in a different way oh yeah love her to pieces i wrote a whole paper in my jane austen class about why charlotte lucas is one of the best characters in austen but dude i i just see neither of them got married you're right that's a great point and I think it shows that they understood something about their relationship, that it was true. Mm-hmm. And that's, because a, that's a strong. Lot of these, a lot of these period novels, when it comes to this like second chance at love, very frequently it's because they do go off and marry somebody else and then they yeah. become a widow. <laughs> yeah. You know? But it's like, no, they went seven years. And they and chose to be single. <laughs> That says something about their character and, yeah, I think their beliefs and love and whatnot. And their feelings, yeah. Devin? No, I don't have really much else to add. I mean, there's a built-up, pent-up passion between these two. Like we said, uh, Anne kind of puts him up in this mind frame of hers. And, yeah, fears and doubts resurface. And there are feelings of anger and resentment on both parts for various reasons. um, But that connection is still unbroken. It's still... Um, undeniable between the two when they re- when they reintroduce themselves, re-meet. Um, they've both changed, and we'll talk a little bit of that a little bit about that later. But um, they are two completely different people seven years later. Yeah, which is also important to note mm-hmm. for sure. All right, so moving on to Louisa, how does Louisa's accident bring Wentworth and Anne closer? Well, I think it's it's one of those instances that sh- that really shows how Anne is different from other women in that time, in the sense that she, I mean, again, this qu- quiet, soft-spoken, 
introverted Anne suddenly yeah. becomes the one organizing and making decisions. <laughs> right. Right. Like it kind of shows like she may be more soft spoken, but that doesn't mean she doesn't know how to take charge and when to take charge. And like, um, and it, and I think it, it reminds him maybe of, I mean, honestly, actually it's for those, those reasons that all of the suitors that end up going after Anne in this book do go after her because she is more soft-spoken but level-headed and can make decisions and the men start to realize like no that's who you want like running a house right that's <laughs> who you want like as a wife um but sorry Mr. It, kind Darcy. of like what you said earlier <laughs> <laughs> um Steph where it's like for most of the time they're in the same circle but just kind of like hovering like they don't really ever interact with each other much and so this is like a nope, like all eyes on Anne. This is what she's capable of. This is what she's doing. Right. And I love that it, because she doesn't yeah. have all eyes on her very often. Um, so it, it very much highlights her uniqueness in that way. I love it. And I also think I'm trying to think more about because like she gets hurt. They take her somewhere. And then Wentworth, doesn't he leave? Mm-hmm. He well, does. Someone else. Yeah. A bunch of people leave. Yeah, they all go. Yeah, they all kind of part ways. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it sort of like shows that he doesn't really like someone else stays with her. I'm forgetting who it is. Is it Anne that stays with her? Correct. So right, you would expect. No, 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 not Anne. No, her no, sister. It's no, her sister the and some other dude who Bennett. They, I think Bennett. End up, they end up getting married What's with her. Yeah. yeah. So I think it also proves that Wentworth doesn't really have feelings for her. Apart from like, like ship being chivalrous, yeah, obligation, <laughs> right? Exactly. Because all the time we're we're seeing it through Anne's eyes that Louisa and Wentworth have this connection that they've mm-hmm. they've bonded together, that they're flirting with each other, and Louisa's making decisions and sticking to those decisions, and she's very vocal, and that's kind of what Winchester is wanting he wants someone that does make decisions and doesn't back like doesn't change their mind doesn't back out because someone thinks something differently of them um and this is the moment where she makes a drastic decision she says she she just jumps expecting Mm -hmm. him to catch her and he has to realize like oh someone who just does things is not necessarily what i'm looking for right now I need someone who does think, who does process, and that is Anne. Like, right now, I see her taking action. So that whole incident kind of changes his whole mindset of who he wants, and not just as a wife, but as a friend, as, like, as a a confidant. Like, that's who he wants, is someone who does process things and doesn't just make quick decisions. Mm -hmm. And... um, because that's really what got them into the situation in the first place was she uh, and backed out like or or quote unquote backed out she wasn't um she couldn't give him her um she her couldn't hand in dive marriage. she couldn't jump fully in yeah she was correct like, which louisa clearly jumped fully in yeah. <laughs> physically <laughs> didn't work out for her bless her heart she <laughs> yeah. jane austen's good at giving everybody a happy ending so even yeah, though he leaves, she gets her fit. She, uh, it's. I think it was. I don't know. I can't remember exactly how the relations are, or like why he's there when she's recovering. 
but Captain Benwick is the one that's like there while she's recovering. And then they end up getting engaged when she's fully yeah, recovered. I feel like he thing. was just like an, an old buddy of Wentworth. Okay, yeah, he came, was. And then just happens to stay. To somebody, but I don't know. I didn't think he was, but who knows? Everyone yeah. was related back then. <laughs> that is true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Um, continuing, if Anne would have been allowed to stay to care for Louisa like she originally wanted to, would Benedict and her have become an item? And it is Benedict, right? Is this Ben? Who you were talking about. <laughs> is it Benwick? Lord. Is that who you're or, talking about? Is it Benwick? I was like, I think Captain you're Benwick? Captain James Benwick, who ends up marrying Maybe that's Louisa. the one I'm thinking of. Right, because I read that question and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, who is like, that? Who's Benedict? A character in this book? Benwick. <laughs> My apologies. Is there another Austin novel with a Benedict? I don't there's even know Benedict if there's a Benedict. Is in, is in Bridgerton. <laughs> Oh, that <laughs> that's where I got is. my wires crossed. <laughs> <laughs> See, all I could think of was Benedict Cumberbatch, and I was like, yeah. he would be a good actor in that. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the accent. <laughs> yeah, he can do it. And so I'll just kind of start it off because I created this question just to see what others would think. Um, personally, I think something would have developed between these two. They both were able to bond over each other's shared empathy. And empathy is a powerful entity when it comes to love. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that Anne would have been happier with Benwick? Ben Ben Benwick? Uh-huh. Is that what we're saying? His name is James. His first name is James. Just call him James. James. <laughs> Sir James. Uh, would she have been happier with him? Maybe only if she never had seen Wentworth again. Um, because of his return, all of her old feelings have resurfaced. So um, James didn't really stand a chance. But I do think. Anne and James help each other through their own journeys of recovery because he is dealing with being a widow, correct? Not um, quite. Oh, his, his, fiance his fiance died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they never actually got situation. married. Okay. Prior to, I mean, still would be so, hard to get over. Oh, yeah. Correct. So they're, both, so they're both going through these almost similar, but, but much a uh, grander difference um but they help each other through it and give each other advice and um i think in the long run maybe they could have been each other's pair if the situation might have presented itself but um i don't know what do you guys think i think for that to have happened because i agree that like empathy is a very strong emotion and the connecting on that deeper level definitely does help build relationships and stronger feelings but I think for that to have happened, Wentworth would have had to have never reappeared. Even though he Mm -hmm. has left for the time being, right? Like, even if he wasn't in the proximity during Louisa's recovery, the fact that she would have seen him and been around him and had known, like, he's still unmarried. He never married for the seven years, same as me kind of thing. I don't think Mm -hmm. there was any getting over that at that point. No, I think as soon as she saw him again, it was just, like, laser focused. So I think even though she could have gotten along very well with James, I think that her mind and her heart especially would have still been locked onto Wentworth and wouldn't have been able to stray. If, like Kaylee said, if she'd never seen Wentworth 
in all those in all that time if he hadn't been there and she'd gone and it would just james and all this happened maybe she could have like settled but i think <laughs> in her heart of hearts she still would have loved wentworth i don't think she ever would yeah. have fully gotten over him right it would have been a relationship of comfort and convenience mm -hmm. it would not have been a relationship of passion so i think you're totally right e ever since she started seeing wentworth again there was no shot for poor old james <laughs> <laughs> poor old ben benwick ben benedict poor old benedict we can't even get his name right poor guy i'm sorry oh we love it ends up marrying louisa anyway so that's right true yeah, true fine all right, Go so ahead, speaking Seth. of second chances again, we talked about this before. Um, do you believe in second chances when it comes to love? And who do you think received a second chance here? Was it Anne or Wentworth? I talk a lot on all of these so oh, okay. I'm gonna let somebody else go first <laughs> <laughs> um, I will I will say the easier part of this question for me I think that Anne got the second chance because yep. I feel like Wentworth was always the one for her and so mm -hmm. I think she got the second chance I to say I do I believe in second chances when it comes to love I don't want to say they never happen like I, I it's not that I don't believe they exist I think they're conditional <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I think you have to be really careful with second chances Correct. in love. Because I think a lot of times people, when they leave relationships, will romanticize the things that happened. Yep. And will only remember those good times. And so they'll think, oh, yeah, I could date this person again. And then suddenly the bad times come back and they're like oh right this is why right. we broke up the this first time was why. <laughs> <laughs> and so i think you have to be really careful with second chances in love um i do think a good chunk of time like seven years very helpful a lot of <laughs> generally helpful <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna give a second chance make sure you have a good chunk of time between the chances <laughs> um, or that you give adequate time for them to prove that they've actually changed right yeah yeah so i like the like, title don't of the book jump in persuasion because first she was persuaded from her by her family not to marry him and then later on she essentially has to persuade wentworth or prove to him like I'm a different person now and I've learned my lesson yeah. and I'm not going to do that again kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, cause let's say it hadn't been seven years. Let's say it had only been two. I think even after two years, she would have known like, no, nah, that was the biggest mistake I ever made. I need to hold more true to my own convictions and not put so much into what other people say. Right. Like, I think that's the biggest right. lesson that she learned. Mm. And so I don't think it could have been seven years. It could have been two or three years. All she needed to do was just prove to Wentworth, like, I learned that. I'm not wishy-washy yep. about this anymore, and I'm going to hold more true to my convictions. You can have faith in me again about that. Mm -hmm. That's it's, there. Okay, cool. Second chance earned. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's re-earning that trust, though. Right. That can be really difficult, and that I think people yeah. need to be careful about is, yeah, people can say that they've changed, but it's that proving... And that's the hardest part. Yes, yeah. second chances require an honest assessment before you can move forward, I would say. Like, for each, 
you know, person, it's different. Could be a month, could be seven years. Depends on the situation, too, what, what occurred. But I do think, like, the person who was wronged needs to be able to truly, honestly assess, is it possible that this could happen again? Has this person really changed? Um, and so I think I think Wentworth gets that. Um, I don't know how much they communicate before he admits his feelings again, though, that he would recognize that in her. Maybe because of Louise's accident, he sees mm-hmm. some of her character come out, but I'm just I not even... It, I'm not, it is. It's mostly proven through her character towards others, which is others. why I think it's so believable because it's not like she's specifically doing anything to him or for him Mm. right it's her she's not begging yeah it's her behavior and character and essentially like faithfulness and and strong attitude around everybody else that then shows him like okay she's now very comfortable and confident with who she is and she knows what she believes and i th- i've seen that change mm-hmm. so now i can approach her without fear that i'm going to get my heart broken again 100 percent. Yeah. cool all right no i agree with you guys i think it's uh grace is necessary in relationships so there's that but also um you have Realism. to be able to be l- l- realistic <laughs> about it all, as well and not just continue in to um a bad relationship or toxic relationship just because of that but also know that it it could have been you that messed up instead of the other person as well so you have to allow that grace as well in the sense so Mm -hmm. um moving on why does Anne feel so opposed to falling for mr elliot and does she have good reasoning I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I, I, again, I have thoughts on everything. I don't want to be the only one talking, though. I don't. I'm trying to remember who Elliot does Elliot not is. stand out to me. So He's Mr. a jerk, Elliot right? Is her cousin? Who right, 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 right. There's right, a lot right, of right. Mr. Elliot. So the way I'm interpreting this question is, Mr. Elliot cousin. is the cousin who wants to marry her. He and wants right. the house, right? right? On, he on paper. He's like, and he's the heir to like the house and everything right now. And like on paper, he seems like he would be a totally fine suitor and like an honorable gentleman kind of thing. But like, there's just certain things. I I think it's one of those things where Anne, because of the growth and character development that she's undergone in seven years, can kind of just, she just has that sense of like, there's He's just fake. something off about this guy, mm-hmm. which you then learn very good instincts. Follow your gut about some people because he he essentially is very fake and he just puts on a front essentially right. for the world to see. But in his actual dealings with people and like business deals and stuff, it's all very sketchy. And Did Lady good. Russell tell her to say yes to him? Yes. Okay, so maybe just <laughs> this is another instance alone. But, she's but, like, but no, she's grown. So <laughs> she says she doesn't take her she advice. That's take what I her advice this time. And yeah, which is a big then deal. Talking with Mrs. Smith, I think. Like, Someone Smith. There's Someone. too many Smith? names for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think too Smith. many basic names. <laughs> <Yeah>. Mrs. Smith's <laughs> husband 
did like business with Mr. Elliot, her cousin, Mr. Elliot, not her dad, Mr. C. Too many Elliots. Um, too many people. And mm-hmm. she learns through talking and getting to know Mrs. Smith more, like the true character of this guy who puts yeah. out, oh, this is how I am, when really he's cruel and cold and manipulative. Um, manipulative. And I mean, that goes to show with the fakeness of what he puts out to everybody. It's to manipulate people. But um, he's just all around the worst. He's not great. Um, so I think in the beginning, I don't know. I always say hold true to your to your like instincts, right? Like they're there for a reason. Gut, so gut even if she didn't have important. solid evidence in the beginning, by the end, she definitely has good reasoning to say no to him and to not take his, you know, um, affections very seriously. Yeah. I think you're right. It shows a growth in her instincts and that she's not just being told what to do by everyone around her. So it's good we get to see this before she says yes to Wentworth ultimately and they get together because we do see her growth in that way. So I think it's good. Yeah. I just don't think they click at them personally and he does look good on paper, but um, he randomly appears out of nowhere and because she is who she is, she kind of suspects that something isn't right. She's like, why um, do you want me and not my, like, super hot sister? Like, <laughs> 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 the one that my dad pushes on literally everyone? Why are you ignoring her? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how is Wentworth shown to be well-suited to Anne and vice versa? They have a freaking passion. At least, okay, I'm remembering it from the movie we just watched and there were parts of it we're going to talk about I did not love but what I can say is the characters the people that they picked to to play those characters really did well on the passion part of things like I really felt their passion and I think it's even more passionate because of this unrequited love that they've had for however many years Um, so I definitely think there's a passion there I think Wentworth Am I answering my own question? Yes, maybe I am. But <laughs> I think <You're> fine. <laughs> I think Wentworth um, really sees in Anne her growth. He sees how much she cares about other people, and I think Anne also sees that he's a really real dude. Like he means what he says, mm-hmm. and she doesn't really see that in a lot of the men around her, especially her father figure. So I could see how they really respect each other in that way. And they're also passionate. So I'm not going to say anything about the movie. Because <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and I'm only watching it because I'm being forced to, essentially, by listeners. But um, <laughs> I will say that from a from the from the book perspective, just because the premise begins with she's loved him for seven years right yeah and you can assume that he's never really fully gotten over her either so that like distance makes the heart grow fonder idea just like amplified yep so it's Mm -hmm. just this like underlying not truly spoken about or acted upon but just like that underlying tension and that's what I'm all about. So <laughs> She's I'm all like, about that book, tension. Least, it's like, <laughs> there's just the definitely like that passion is there. But like 
it takes so long still even it's not until the end of the book that they're finally like okay yes we still love each other let's get married <laughs> like um so then it just jumps into this the, through the through, as soon as they interact with each other again just that underlying tension and passion mm-hmm. that's like present but they're fighting it because he doesn't know if he can trust her and she doesn't know mm. what he still thinks of her and they refuse to actually talk to each other about it. Like <laughs> Communication is such a fun part of this show. <laughs> talking about couple communication. <laughs> Literally almost every episode we talk uh, about. Yeah, yeah, I feel like every Some episode communicated. Exist. If it's characters true. were great communicators, these stories wouldn't be what they are. Right. But, yeah, it's... um. I don't know. I think that they're well suited for each other just in their in their manner. Um, mm-hmm. They're both very smart, um, yep. but neither of them are flashy about it. Um, right. So I think in that sense, when you look at, you know, your your spouse being your partner and your best friend, right? Because you have kids, but they grow up and they find partners of their own. And then it's just you guys again. <laughs> like, you really <laughs> want to make sure you're marrying somebody that you can see just having a strong friendship with for forever kind of thing. Right. So I think it's important and valuable that the relationship isn't just based on that passion. It's there, but they're also friends and they have similar interests and they, they can have actual conversations and be stimulated by each other. (laughs) Like, and it's, not a marriage of convenience or something, right? Like it's, it's more long lasting. So. Yeah. I think that's very important. Um, and I think is very flexible and very conscientious of what she does. And that just suits Wentworth and his, um, Cause he is in, he's in the military and he's like, so that's his mindset is he wants someone who is naturally firm to their decisions, but that's not who Anne is. And he realizes that that is, and I, this is commenting on what I said before, like that's necessary too. Like, it's not just that you're firm in your character, but also that you are virtuous and are flexible and can make decisions. Um, but you think about other people when you make those decisions, um, so I think they just meld well together. They have great passion that has lasted for this many years. Um, clearly there's something between them because they both feel it mm-hmm. <laughs> after so long. Like it's not just a one side, like this could have just been a one-sided story and then it would have been over with, but clearly they both have something. And um, I think one comment is that, and, and makes that like women have it harder for relationships because they like it lasts long like when one breaks up like it lasts longer for them it's harder for them i think that's what the comment was and he's like i think he says something in the regards like no that's not possible because men also feel the same way Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so yeah yeah i think the only thing i would add is that i feel like they have things in common but they're also that good balance to each other Mm -hmm. um where she definitely is you know she's a bit more thoughtful she is like gonna take her time to make a decision about anything and she's maybe a bit more quiet and like you know thinking up in her head more whereas he is 
you know, more of a, a people person, more of someone who can put on that front a little bit better, maybe. And um, he's someone who will stand by his decision and, and push forward with it. And so I think that they're a good balance to each other. I think that they both bring out the strengths in the other one. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So how does persuasion influence our characters' feelings of love? So this could be anyone that you kind of want to talk about. It doesn't necessarily just have to be Anne and Wentworth in this case, but how does persuasion involve the text in regards to love? I'm not sure it I mean, influences the- many feelings themselves, but more so mm-hmm. whether they're acted upon. The actions. Mm. Right. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people, this is why Emma gets involved in matchmaking. They think their persuasion can actually change the reality. I think what it more often does is change the reaction um, and leaves the the person sitting in limbo of feeling a certain way (laughs) and acting not in accord with that way. Um, So I think that's exactly what this novel shows is that Lady Russell's opinion once given to a 19 year old lasted with her until she was 27 because she was unsettled on the choice she made um so i really i think that what jane austen is trying to say is people butt out <laughs> yeah mind your business <laughs> <laughs> like just act as you're check feeling. yourself yeah <laughs> stay in your lane yeah, <laughs> yeah stay honestly. In your lane. what a relatable it's just so relatable right like even today how invested we are in like our friends love lives and yes. love mm-hmm. lives right like and how ready we are to give our opinions about somebody or something and it when it's really like you know you you know your morals you know what your priorities are and your values you are going to be the best to know whether that that person lines up with those or not like true mm-hmm. amen like, when i got married so invested in each other's <laughs> lives it's, uh-huh and to to an extent, I, I think it is different. Like a fourteen year old being like, "Hi, I'm in love." <laughs> yeah, like, Romeo and Juliet. Versus like a twenty one year old saying like, "Okay, I'm in love, and I want to marry this person." Like, there's a reason we don't let fourteen year olds get married because yeah, right. like you're you're you got a lot of growth still to undergo there, honey. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> Age of consent is important. Like it's a thing, but, but when you once you, you reach a certain point, it's like you're other an people's adult. opinions shouldn't influence and persuade you really one way or the other too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think in this text we see a lot of persuasion in regards to rank and class and uh, family connections. Um, your own selfish ambition, um, self-importance, like all those things are all wrapped up. Various characters have their own perceptions because of that. And Lady Russell, in all of her um, goodness, still takes ill of that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And her dad is so vain that he can't see through some things. And, and, becomes persuaded and um Wentworth has to be persuaded so like there's so much heavily laced throughout the text um but I think you're you're you all are right in the sense that um 
it's not necessarily up to anyone else's perce perception of love, but you kind of have to own it and recognize what, and know, like, love is blind, so beware of that, but also know that... Although, watch um, that show. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to go in and not regarding what other people think, but also... Take like you can take, take everything. What, take in what people say, but don't necessarily apply it to like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we might miss a red flag here and there. Stick oh, stuff yeah. in her bad boys. <laughs> miss my Mr. Darcy guys. <laughs> well, it's true. Like speak your mind, but ultimately, if you're changing, I don't know. I, I guess like it's just important that we don't have an ill intent in the advice we're giving other people. That our intent is not to like. And Completely. understand that we have our own biases as well. Yes, exactly. Because mm -hmm. that's where Lady Russell, in all of her wisdom and <laughs> good intention, you know, mm -hmm. it right. was a completely biased opinion. <laughs> yep. And for the wrong reason. Not based in Wentworth's character at all, you know? <laughs> like, yep. And it's. Well, yeah, I mean, there's the real Wentworth lesson. It's not about materialism. It's about their character. So much of novels during this time was that. It's not about materialism, yeah. people. Except if you can get both. If you can find a good man that also makes 10 pound, 10, 10, 000 a year, then you're sitting Mr. pretty. Mr. Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> that house. Or if you can Woo. snag a duke, that's also a big thing in a lot of these. Hey. Like, <gasps> yeah, that's true. The duke, the duke is duke looking and I. for a wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I just quickly want to throw it out there. I know that you two did not watch the Netflix movie yet, but Devin, do you have any thoughts on the Netflix adaptation that you're harboring right now that you want to chat about? Um, so you've both seen it then? Yeah. Yes, we've we've seen it. We watched it together. Oh, you watched it together. I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... There were moments that I liked it, and there were moments that I didn't like it. And we had this conversation afterwards that, like, I wanted more. I wanted more build just up. More it felt substance? No. Just, just yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I didn't like, Devin? Her character. They made her, her a little changed. bit funnier, a little bit more extroverted mm -hmm. than I wanted. They and made I think her Emma or Elizabeth. Right. She yeah. was like sassy, and I'm like. Anne. And is that sassy? I actually like Wentworth. And that's Wentworth. just from watching the trailers that I'm like, right. this is not Anne. Who is this person they've thrown in this movie? <laughs> you right. know, I actually liked Wentworth. He had a lot of that, like, smolder, inner, dark, whatever the hell. But, <laughs> of um, course he did. But uh, Anne, I think... I've never she, said an, an ill word about Wentworth. It's really just Anne who I take issue Anne, with yeah. so far. <laughs> she honestly had, like, these weird asides where she'd, like... You know in those shows where they break the fourth wall... She would like break the oh, yeah, and she was always moments. drinking she had too, some Jim right? Halpert moments yeah, and she, she was drinking camera. a lot, <laughs> just like a lot of wine. I was like, oh my! I mean, you not go, that that's a bad thing. But, like, all power to you. But you know, when you're <laughs> a single woman in your twenties, you gotta drink. <laughs> no, she was like constantly getting drunk, and I was like, I don't remember this ever being a plot point. Like, sure, but <laughs> <laughs> or a character point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was very well, and it doesn't make sense to add that to a character who is level-headed and right. thoughtful and right like yeah there's i've seen scenes yeah. and they just make me mad so yeah so i can't wait to talk about it with you on your episode because we'll have more to say oh, yeah 
<laughs> I'll have to rewatch has, it in the meantime. This is her first time reading the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then this. I don't know about stuff, but first, it's definitely mine. This is her first time experiencing. I don't think you've seen any film adaptations of it either, right, Taylor? Nope. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, really, my like experience it. with Jane Austen was Pride and Prejudice, the movie. <laughs> that's it. which isn't bad. <laughs> no, that's good. Everyone loves some key. Is it Kira Knightley? Yeah. Kira oh, Knightley yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all good. All right. Um, so moving on to our last question, then we'll get into some comments. So do we ship it? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I ship it. Do you have thoughts? I ship it. <laughs> and of course I ship it. I ship it. I have to be honest. I don't. They're not my favorite Austin couple. No. I, yeah, I no, don't no, no, no. ship them as much as other Austin no, couples. No, because Lizzie and Darcy will forever have my heart. But <laughs> they're the best. Even, um, but, but this couple Jane, I think is definitely under. What's the word I'm looking for? I like Jane underappreciated, and underwhelming, like better, underappreciated, maybe, or it's un- mm, okay. underrated. That's what you're looking for. Underrated, underrated, the opposite okay, that's of fair. overrated. Yes, you like Jane yes. from, from. I like Jane and Bingley. Hell yeah. Even better than I like uh, these two. Just because I felt like they had a kind of similar arc. Well, also, Bingley is hilarious. And but I love, love Bingley. Bingley. The classic, so a, a very a very far past example of your, your himbo energy. Yeah, so. I love a good himbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I also ship it, by the way. <laughs> I didn't necessarily, I forgot that I forgot. I didn't yeah, say it, so I gotta put it out there. I mention this. <laughs> It's I'll mention blood. this more in our episode, but like this is one of those books that like I'm glad I read it, but I don't know if I'll ever read it again. I feel I that. That's fair. I encourage you to you like catch all sorts of really good nuancey stuff when you reread. But <laughs> I have so true. many so, books to read. I know, I have but Jane, so many because because she writes in this free indirect speech, which is uh-huh. what. I think, you know, Steph mentioned even from the beginning where it's like a lot of it happens in Anne's mind. Like it's because the way Jane writes a lot of her novels with that that free and direct speech, it's like, is this the narrator or is this a character? Like I'm not positive where this is coming from. And it's kind of fun to try and figure it out. Definitely. But it, it can also be especially to people who are really only used to reading works from today. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna miss some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you just will. Like, you almost have to get yourself into that mindset before reading. Oh yeah, her her. But stuff. I feel like people tell me that about a lot of books, and I'm like, I have too many on my to be read list. I'm never gonna circle <laughs> back around. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can reread Harry Potter nine times. Yeah, because it's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. That's different. That's different. That's different. Seven book series where the books all average like 500 pages. I can get through that in a week, no problem. Persuasion, you should be able to get to in a day. It's not that long. This yeah. is the shortest of. But the problem is, uh, I don't have that packet books, behind right? it. So I'm either like, that or Northanger. But um, I think what we can all take from this is we all need to read more Austin. I think yes. that's what we need to take from this. <laughs> from this I'm spare. surprised how many we've gone through. Yeah. In our 
series so far. So mm-hmm. yeah. So there are our thoughts. Now let's take a look at some of the comments from you all. Our first comment comes from Nicole, and she says, I love Jane Austen, but I refuse to finish the Netflix movie. They did Austen a nasty disservice, and I will sorely and I was sorely disappointed because I was so looking forward to seeing Anne and Wentworth get passionate. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The next. (laughs) Yeah, there were definitely very many mixed reviews about this adaptation. Uh, So thank you, Nicole. Our next comment comes from Don, and he says, I love how their love spans time. They are still just as compassionate and filled with love eight years later. And in that amount of time, they grow as individuals to make each other better. They change their perspectives on life and meet in the middle. These two are the epitome of second chances. Aw, we love it. Sweet. Uh, okay. Well done. So after that, I wanted to pass it over to you, Kaylee and Taylor, really quick to just give you the floor and see if you had any announcements for The Book Was Better. Um, just that we will be diving into this movie much more. I don't know when this episode is being released, but our persuasion It's in November. Will be coming out like no. the second or <laughs> third week ours. of November. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, ours, ours is coming in November. Um, we also, of course, uh, with the end of the year, we do a lot of themed episodes. So mm-hmm. right now in October, Christmas. we're doing Halloween episodes. Fun. Next month, yeah. we're kind of fall themed, and then of course December, we have our Christmas episodes, and then uh, moving into the next year. And so we're super excited. Uh, we had kind of a mini hiatus, an unplanned mini hiatus, but it we're back. It was not a mini hiatus. It ended up being much longer. <laughs> mini <laughs> a full-blown hiatus. It was like two The months. fact is, it is that you're back. <laughs> the important part is we're back better than ever. And, That's right. Um, super excited to dive into more book and movie adaptations. So if you haven't mm-hmm. checked out any of our episodes, now is a great time. Uh, we just posted an Instagram post uh, with all of our like Halloween themed yes, episodes. Yes, I saw that. So you can go check that out, and those are some great ones to dive into as it's spooky season and all that. Spooky. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> you laughing at me? <laughs> there you go. Um, and then other than that, yeah, we're just trying to interact more with everyone with our social media. So you can always go check us out at TBWD Podcast. And they got merch, so go check that out, too. Yes. Um, and I think that's it for us. That's all we're doing. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for joining. And everyone, go check them out. We love mm-hmm. having you all on our show. Oh, we love being on. So Woo. fun. So fun. So all right. So, you come talk more trash about the persuasion. Oh, all the trash. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm ready for it. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And wherever you listen to your podcast, please rate and review. If you have feedback, we would love to hear from you. It really helps uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Absolutely. And please reach out to us on Insta. And you can also email us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com if you are interested in joining us for an episode or have some ideas you want to share with us or simply want to say hi. You can also hit us up in the DMs and we'll be happy to chat there as well. Yeah. Thanks, shippers. See you next time. You pierce my soul. I am half agony, half hope. I have loved none but you. Woo! Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. <laughs>